Welcome! You're listening to Divorce Literacy, the show that addresses issues of divorce, real property, and divorce mortgage planning. I'm Jody Bruns, the president and founder of the Divorce Lending Association and the CDLP Certified Divorce Lending Professional Designation. And today we're talking about mortgage loan assumptions incident to divorce. Addressing that hot question right now with the rise in mortgage interest rates, can I assume the mortgage once my divorce is final? And the answer to that question is maybe, probably not, and it just depends. Now, <clears throat> this might be the first time you know, you're know you hearing about the CDLP or the Certified Divorce Lending Professional designation. So I just wanted to very quickly um, give you some insight on the value a CDLP can bring to your divorce team as well as you know, a current situation with any of your divorcing clients. One of the most, um, probably the, to be quite honest, uh, common question we get is, how is the CDLP different than a traditional mortgage professional? And I always say, you know what, that's a fair you know, question, but I have a very simple answer. It's the same as you, okay? You know, if you're a CDFA with us today, how does that make you different than another mortgage or financial advisor? If you are an attorney, if you are a family law attorney, how are you different than a bankruptcy or a business attorney? You know, and if you think about that question, you know, it's what makes us different is our background knowledge and training in divorce. And CDLPs, you know, they're not simply mortgage professionals who work with an occasional divorcing client. CDLPs are divorce professionals who work every single day with divorcing homeowners. And they just happen to offer mortgage financing, divorce mortgage planning. And the fact that they do that every day, sometimes all day long, um, you can start to recognize what a significant value that they're going to play on that practice. So getting into our content today, um, we all know that mortgage interest rates have gone up, right? It's been in the news for almost a year now. Um, probably one of the main factors, you know, is that interest rate increase and that's why we're even here today discussing, you know, what options are available for our divorcing clients um, regarding loan assumptions, right? If you look at this, and I thought this provided some good context here, is we started the year 2022 with an average 30-year fixed rate right around three and a quarter percent, okay? And you can see on this slide that about mid-January, this time last year, actually, we started that steep increase. And we ended up rounding out uh, last year, 2022, with an overall average rate of 5.26%. Because you can see it went up, down, up, down, typical interest rate <laughs> of movement. But as of just last week, January 12th, 2023, uh, the average 30-year fixed rate was at 6.33%, you know, almost double this time last year. So again, it's obvious as to why we are 
um, having this conversation today. And if you are saying, okay, well, interest rates have gone up, et cetera, how does this rate change really impact homeowners? Okay. If you look at this, I just took a simple loan amount of $300,000. If we use the interest rate from this time last year, let's say three and a quarter percent interest on a 30 year fixed, the principal and interest payment on that $300,000 mortgage was $1,306. Okay. If you take that exact same mortgage amount, and now let's say they're going through a divorce and they have to refinance at today's rate of 6.33%, that new principal and interest payment has gone up to 1863 a month. Okay, that's a payment shock of $557. So I have found that uh, working with divorcing homeowners, that their primary concern in divorce might not necessarily be the interest rate, but rather cash flow. Okay. And if you take into content or context, even that, you know, a good chunk, if not half of their household income is gone. You know, once the other spouse vacates, that money's gone. You know, so it makes obvious sense to us, right? That there is a significant focus on cash flow and payment. Um, so, of course, you know, given this, you know, that they've lost a good chunk of income for their household, rates have gone up, they're watching their money, you know. Um, so it makes sense that they would want to look at all of their options um, in, you know, taking into what they're going to do with the existing mortgage, including keeping the same mortgage in place at the interest rate they may have, you know, and I can bet you, I would bet you um, that the majority of homeowners, you know, they took advantage of the interest rate, interest rates over the last couple of years. So more often than not, they are going to have that lower 30-year fixed rate around 3%. Some of them even lucked out and they have a 30-year fix in the twos. Nobody wants to go up to sixes, right? So, Let's look at, you know, a loan assumption and kind of break down the different types and the options available to our uh, existing homeowners. So just in definition, a loan assumption is basically you have the original person who is obligated on the mortgage, whether it's a sole individual or a married couple. They are then transferring responsibility of making that mortgage payment to another party, okay? Um, you have different types of loan assumptions. You have, you know, where one person is going to assume responsibility for making the payment. And then you have a situation where the mortgage uh, company is going to actually transfer the loan itself into the other party's name. Um, thereby assuming the loan, right? Well, there are actually two types of loan assumptions, all right? And we're gonna talk about each one of these types. You have what is called a legal transfer assumption, also known as a simple assumption, okay? Um, this type of simple assumption 
is where you have one party who is going to assume legal responsibility for making the payment. Okay. Um, the original mortgagee, the person who, you know, was either on the loan with their spouse or individually, they are still going to stay on the mortgage. Okay. They just are going to move more into like a co-signer role where they are in a second position to being responsible for making that mortgage payment. Okay. And we'll break down this, um, you know, option, the simple assumption here in a moment. You also have a second type of loan assumption, okay? And that is called the qualified assumption, also known as by novation, okay? It's more the legal term for it. Um, in a qualified assumption, this is where one party assumes responsibility for not only making the monthly payment, but they, they assume legal responsibility for the terms of the loan, okay? Um, only when you do or you are, you've qualified for that qualified assumption will there be the option for a full release of liability by the original mortgagee, by the lender, okay? So those are our two types of loan assumptions. And I want to break down those for you so you have a better understanding of what options may be available for your divorcing homeowners. So let's get this, you know, out of the way right up front. If your divorcing clients are going to need to do an equity buyout, okay, where they are going to take equity out of the house in cash form to acquire, if you will, the ownership interest of their other spouse, you cannot do a loan assumption, okay? You cannot take extra money out of that, the equity in the home, and keep the existing terms of the mortgage, okay? So if your divorcing client is going to try to do a loan assumption and they have to, you know, provide equity in cash form, et cetera, to their divorcing or their, their spouse, you're going to have to equalize that equity elsewhere on the marital balance sheet, okay? And unfortunately, um, it's probably more often the case than not that you don't have additional assets, you know, to offset that equity acquisition. So just out of the gate, if your divorcing client has to pay, you know, or somehow buy the equity ownership out of their other spouse, don't even look at doing a loan assumption, okay? It's not going to be a viable answer. So what makes a loan assumable, okay? Basically, it depends on the terms of the loan itself, as well as the willingness of the current lender, all right? Um you're going to be able to see if an existing mortgage loan is assumable by looking at the existing mortgage documents. So if a loan is assumable, you will find the assumption clause in various um, instruments, okay, or documents. So what you need to do, the very beginning, and your CDLP can help you with this, you need to ask your clients, for a copy of either their existing mortgage note or the deed of trust, okay? Within 
And, and again, it just kind of depends on the loan that was taken out, what which document any type of assumption notice is going to be included in. However, within these documents, whether again it's the note or the deed of trust, you will find what is called the alienation clause. Okay. It's also, or probably more commonly known as the acceleration or the due on sale clause. Okay. What I did here is I actually copy and pasted this alienation clause out of um, a current mortgage note that I had access to. And what it states in this alienation clause is that if any interest in the secured property is transferred to another party without the consent of the lender, the lender has the legal right to call the new due, the note due and payable right now. Okay. They're going to give 30 days notice to the original mortgagee that they have to pay off the loan right now. Okay. So I'm sure, you know, in the next section that I have highlighted in blue, um, your eyes are gone, you know, have gone to the part where it says, uh, that an acceleration may sometimes be prohibited by law. <laughs> and I'm gonna discuss that um, here shortly as well. But you'll also see that the alienation clause includes verbiage that says the lender basically has discretion to allow for an assumption, okay? And what I wanna say here is that discretion is key, okay? They don't have to, they have the option to, okay? The other document that I think, well, I'm, you need to ask uh, for from your client is their closing disclosure, all right? This is a document that they, re they receive when they close on their existing mortgage that outlines all of the fees, the interest rate, um, the payment, et cetera. On the last page, of this CD, this closing disclosure, you will find an assumption section, okay? And the box is either gonna be checked that an assumption is allowed under certain conditions, or you're going to see the box that says, this loan will not allow, or the lender will not allow assumption of this loan, okay? Pay attention to this. Because what it says, and you've got to watch the verbiage in all of our documents, is that the lender will not allow a loan assumption on the original terms, okay? This is where discretion comes into play. They can allow for an assumption, but guarantee you it will not be the original terms, okay? And that's pretty much the reason you know, we're, we're trying to do an loan assumption is to maintain those current uh, terms. And I get it. You know, you have a homeowner and their primary question is, where, what does the lender care? You know, if I am paying the loan, just like the original borrower did, why won't they just allow me to assume the mortgage, you know, and maintain those existing terms? It's plain and simple, okay? And it's called business. All right. It doesn't make sense for a lender who's in the business of mortgage financing, right, to hold a hold a note at 3% over 30 years when the going rate is double that. 
okay? And if that current lender is maybe going to sell or transfer the mortgage to another uh, servicer, it's obviously not as valuable on the secondary market. The other thing that makes sense as to why they wouldn't just allow somebody else to make the payment on a loan they've already you know, put in place is that original borrower went through a qualifying or process. You know, we had to establish creditworthiness. We had to establish their ability to repay. Um, you know, so again, it's discretion. It's up to the lender as to whether or not they're going to allow this or not. So I want to break down, you know, those two types of uh, assumption options, whether it's the legal assumption or the qualified assumption. And I want to focus on the legal, you know, the prohibited basically by law of the acceleration. Okay. A lender cannot accelerate the due on sale clause if the transfer of property is what's called an exempt transfer. Okay. Um, that exempt transfer is, you know, probably the most two common legal transfers or exempt transfers is in the event of death. So, you know, say the parent dies and the children inherit the house, which has a mortgage on it, those heirs can continue to make the payment and the lender cannot accelerate the due on sale clause because it was an exempt transfer. Divorce is also an exempt transfer, okay? Um, you are transferring the, the ability to make the loan payment, okay? Um, in a divorce. So let me break this down for you. Many of you may um, already be familiar with the Garn St. Germain Act of 1982. What this act does is it prohibits a lender from accelerating the due on sale clause in the event of an exempt transfer, such as, again, death or divorce. Um, what happens in a divorce situation that I see on a regular basis is one spouse is retaining the marital home. They are going to assume legal responsibility for making the mortgage payment, okay? Um, they are, they become what is known as a successor of interest, okay? They now have an interest in this property. They awarded um, ownership almost in full, you know, via the divorce settlement. And because of that transfer, they can make this mortgage payment without refinancing it. And this, this comes into play whether they were a co-borrower with their spouse and now they are, the other spouse transferred their ownership to the spouse who's retaining the marital home, or maybe the spouse who is going to retain the marital home wasn't even on the mortgage, right? They were never went through the qualifying uh, process or anything, but now they were awarded the marital home and they are assuming le legal responsibility for making the mortgage payment as a successor of interest. So even if your bar, if your divorcing client is not on the mortgage to the marital home or other real property, the lender cannot accelerate the due on sale clause because it's an exempt transfer, okay? Um, the key thing though, is you have to notify the existing lender 
that you are exercising your right under the Garden St. Germain Act. You know, you need to notify them that on this date, I was awarded ownership in the property secured by this mortgage uh, note. And here's a copy of the divorce settlement agreement or the orders transferring ownership. Now, here's the thing, though, is we all know the real word or meaning right behind assume. You are assuming legal responsibility for making the payment, okay, under the Garden St. Germain Act as an exempt transfer. You are not doing a full qualified loan assumption where the lender is releasing the liability of the other party, okay? Um, so I, I always tell our CDLPs to be very careful that you're not, you know, misunderstanding um, or misinterpreting the assume, the assume part of that, right? You can assume legal responsibility by court order for making the mortgage payment. That does not mean you are assuming the loan and the other party is being released of their legal obligation to the lender, okay? Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out regarding, you know, the, the exempt transfer, et cetera, is that, and it's probably the biggest argument that I hear, is that with a legal transfer assumption, you know, there's this myth that the vacating spouse is not going to be able to qualify for new mortgage financing because obviously they're leaving the marital home. They have to have a place to live. And so, you know, this big issue becomes, well, I can't buy my own house if I'm still on the loan to the marital home. Therefore, you either refinance it or sell it and we'll both purchase, okay? When you involve, um, you know, a, a CDLP in the divorce process, in the settlement process, they're going to be able to work with you to make sure that the verbiage is correct in the settlement agreement so that our, um, our the other spouse who's vacating and his their name is still on the mortgage, that we're going to be able to omit that liability from their mortgage application. And when we make sure this verbiage is correct in the settlement agreement, it becomes a court-ordered assignment of debt. So we're assigning legal responsibility for making that payment to the other party, okay? Um, it's also known as a contingent liability. Yes, somebody else is now legally responsible for making the payment. However, if they default, I'm still on the hook, okay? Uh, because again, in a simple assumption, um, or that legal transfer assumption, you are not being released of the liability, okay? So that's what I wanted to share with you on the simple assumption, is that you can transfer legal responsibility for making the payment to another party, and as long as that is an exempt transfer, such as divorce, the current lender cannot accelerate the due on sale clause as noted in that alienation clause, okay? The next type of assumption that I wanna talk about is uh, what's called the qualified assumption, okay? Um, in a qualified assumption, in contrast to the simplest uh, assumption, is that the person who is now going to be legally responsible for making the mortgage payment is also 
going to be the new borrower. Okay. Um, they're going to have to, you know, qualify for the mortgage. They're going to have to establish creditworthiness. They're going to have to be able to go through an entire application process, basically, with the existing lender. And then if that lender, you know, grants the full loan assumption, the other party will then be released from their legal obligation to the lender. Okay. Um, again, qualified assumptions, you know, you're going to find out whether or not it's available. Is it an option? Discretion, you know, it's always an option, you know, to at least look at whether or not you can do this full qualified assumption. Um, what types of loans are available, you know, to do a qualified assumption? Typically, government-backed mortgage loans, you have your FHA, you have your VA, and you have USDA. Typically, all government loans have an assumability feature, okay? Um, you're either going to um, see in your client's loan documents, there's going to be a writer or an amendment, um, which is going to basically cancel out or identify and define what assumption features are available that are going to override that alienation clause that's going to be noted in the mortgage note or on the deed of trust. Okay. Um, just a quick or note on if you have a client uh, and they want to do a VA assumption. If the person or the party who is assuming responsibility you know, and they're qualifying with the existing lender, if they are not a veteran and they do not have sufficient VA loan entitlement left, the veteran who was the original borrower, their VA loan entitlement is still going to be in effect and attached to that existing mortgage. And that may affect, you know, or limit uh, some of their options on obtaining future VA home loan financing while their entitlement is still attached to the existing mortgage, okay? Um, so again, you know, just kind of look, ask your clients, you know, what type of mortgage they have. If it's a government loan, there's a better option um, or more options available, if you will, for a secondary party to do a full qualified assumption and obtain um, that release of liability for the original mortgagee. Um, Looking at, you know, our qualified loan assumptions um, with a conventional loan, a non-government loan. Uh, this is probably, if you will, the bigger elephant in the room. Um, what you're going to obviously do again is search the documents for the specific verbiage in that alienation clause, okay? Um, if your client has an adjustable rate mortgage, okay, which has been making a comeback in the last year because of the interest rate hike, most assume or adjustable rate mortgages are assumable, okay, even though they're not government-backed. Um, you need to, again, read the verbiage, you know, in the alienation clause, but typically if you have an adjustable rate mortgage, an ARM, once that option to convert the adjustable uh, rate to a fixed rate mortgage, there is no longer the ability to assume that loan, okay? Um, here's the thing. Remember I said on the CD 
um, that the loan is probably not assumable under existing terms. That's where this discretion comes in to play because they have the option to allow an assumption just on different terms. So basically what they're looking to do is a brand new refinance closer, if not at market rate, okay? It never hurts to ask, okay? Even if there is an alienation clause and it specifically says in the documents that this loan is not assumable, it's, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know? Um, the things though that I want you to make sure your divorcing clients are aware of, if they're going to approach the existing lender to see if they can assume the loan, is they still have to qualify for it. So we still have to make sure that the verbiage in the settlement agreement is going to not have any issues or conflicts with mortgage guidelines. Okay, that's number one. Um, I will say on average, having done research, different lenders, et cetera, um, how they're looking at and offering um, assumption availability is a lot of them want to see that the person who's applying for the loan assumption has made the most recent six months mortgage payments directly on their own, um, you know, as a basis to say, okay, well, you're not going to default. You have had the ability and the responsibility for making the mortgage payment. But think about that, you know, from what I see in the normal settlement agreement, it is saying that you have 90, you have 120 days to refinance this loan in your name. If the current lender, you know, in order to even offer an assumption is requiring that you show you've made the most recent six months payments, you're exceeding that timeline. Okay, so a lot of this stuff comes into play. Um, a lot of lenders out there, and it's always the bigger, you know, servicers that are, you know, even offering the ability to look into assumption is they may require that you put an additional 5% down on the existing mortgage loan to bring that, uh, the balance to the value down. So there's more equity in the home. So there's less risk to the existing lender. Um, they have the ability to charge fees. You know, they can only charge reasonable fees uh, to the, you know, to the new assumptor, if you will. Um, but the thing is this, don't, don't let your divorcing clients contact their existing lender to inquire about an assumption and think that they're going to get the existing terms. I guarantee you they're not. I mean, right here, it says probably not under original terms. Okay. Unfortunately in the mortgage industry, um, there's a bait and switch, you know, it's like, yeah, just apply, you know, we'll look at, you know, see if we can consider a loan assumption for you and, oh, you know what, I'm sorry, but we'll offer you, you know, a, a new loan at this rate. And we want to make sure that our divorcing clients are going to go into a new loan. If they're not going to do a true qualified assumption, existing payment in terms something that is going to be in their best interest. Okay. Um, we want to make sure that the reward is worth, you know, any, any risks, you know, that are out there. Um, if there is existing, you know, subordinate financing, meaning there's a first and second loan on the property, you will not be able to do an assumption on a conventional loan. 
Okay. So if your client has a first and a second mortgage, you're not going to get an assumption. If your clients, if their existing uh, mortgage has mortgage insurance on it, which is basically in place if there's less than 20% equity in the property, not only does the existing lender have to approve the assumption and the new terms, but that private mortgage insurance company is also going to have to go through an approval process, you know, which could again change the terms of that uh, mortgage insurance rate, et cetera. Okay. Just to kind of give you an example of one of the bigger banks and how they are, you know, putting together their public, you can download it right from their website. Um, their assumption clause, this was Bank of America's, you know, it's like, yeah, go ahead, you know, apply for an assumption, we'll take it into consideration. But it's flat out says in their print that borrowers may be required to make that 5% down payment. Okay. And a lot of times that cash flow is not there. You know, so when you look at, you know, and you and the home is on the marital balance sheet, um, this is what it looks like. You know, it's not as simple as one spouse retaining the marital home or just simply selling it. There's a lot more involved in that overall picture. And, you know, the areas that I show overlapping on this visual, it's just small piece of that puzzle. You know, so even if, you know, your clients are going to look into their options for uh, a loan assumption, you still need to include uh, divorce mortgage planning into the process. Because again, that loan assumption is only going to be a current fix. You know, we need to make sure that we are looking out for the best interest of our divorcing clients after, you know, the divorce is final and when they try to obtain mortgage financing in the future. Um, we need to just make sure that we're looking at the best interest of both spouse both spouses, not just the one who's retaining the marital home and looking for the assumption. And I can promise you that a CDLP offers a very unique perspective than other mortgage professionals who just don't have that greater knowledge. Um, you know, I love that saying that is on here. It's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. So I would hope that you know, as a divorce professional, um, ask yourself, you know, are you incorporating divorce mortgage planning into your case management? And if you're not, you know, please sit down with a local CDLP and let them lay out for you, you know, the four phases of divorce mortgage planning and how it can benefit you and your clients. Um, there's, you know, a CDLP, you know, we have a much broader understanding of the process, the implications involved, the solutions and options that are available. And even if we're going to look at a loan assumption, you know, involve or incorporate divorce mortgage planning into that process, because that mortgage professional, that CDLP is going to be able to, you know, compare the loan assumption options you know, and making sure that if a qualification process is involved, that we're setting them up for more success when they apply for that loan assumption. And if not, if they cannot get a loan assumption, if it's not an offer from that lender, we want to make sure that our divorcing clients are in a better position 
to deal with their home equity solutions right now and in the future. And, you know, if you need, you know, I know many of you were invited to this webinar by your existing CDLP partner. Um, but if you don't have one and you need to locate a CDLP in your area, you can visit our website at divorcelendingassociation.com and search our directory to find a very qualified partner um, in, actually we're in 50 states, so um, all across there. So hopefully, you know, we successfully pulled back that curtain for you um, without going into the nitty gritty of qualifying for an assumption, et cetera, but basically understanding at a high level the different types of assumptions, the, you know, options that may or may not be available to your divorcing clients. Well, um, again, I appreciate everyone's attention. Um, hopefully I cleared the air a little bit. Maybe I confused you a little more. I don't know. <laughs> if you have any questions at all, uh, feel free again to reach out to a local CDLP or you know, you can reach out to us directly too at the Divorce Lending Association. And I would be more than happy to jump on a call and, you know, answer questions, uh, provide more uh, content, clarity, et cetera. Um, have a great week, everybody. And thank you again for attending today.